to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pod Damn America. If you are here for the cum video, you want to go straight to our Patreon at patreon.com slash America and sign up for just $5. We do not have tears. We don't rip you off, all right? It's fair. We've achieved full communism. Whatever you can make. Whatever you can give, you know, it's not a transactional show. We are anti-capitalists. If you really want to watch the video, I'll give you the RSS feed. Just email me if you're hard up for cash. This is just a way of keeping everyone afloat. Anyways, welcome to the show. I'm Jake Flores. That's Alex Patak. I don't have to piss. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Anders Lee, freshly pissed, is here. Anders just beat here. Nice. And special guest... Ben Wasserman, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Well, if you're listening at home, Ben has a comedically tiny microphone the size of a human finger that he's holding as if he is a giant man. Yeah. I'm a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good bit because I know you're not, that's not a functioning microphone, but you're holding it. No, but I'm still holding it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it, I mean, at some point it functioned. I I can't. I don't. Does that not sound awful? Yeah, that wait, sounds wait, wait. like it's real. Wait. Okay, sounds then like there you go. Actually working. Yep. There you go. Pro- proof in, in in the tapping. Oh. I did it. <laughs> this is like. Um, well, I guess this one's functioning. But have you ever done like a show or a mic where the mic isn't working, but people insist on holding it? They're like, still holding it. Yeah. Uh. These traditionalists. Yeah. <laughs> they just can't let go of the past. Yeah. You know, when Big Jay Okerson does a set, this is kind of what he looks like. <laughs> oh, he's so big. Because yeah. he's so big. He's so, he it's looks, so big. The microphone of a normal man looks like a toy in yeah. his gloved hands. Well, he's so freaking big, the fingers push through his gloves. That's why he's missing half the glove. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hulked out on him. <laughs> he just hulked out from doing so much rehearsed crowd work. From yelling at people for having fucked up teeth or whatever he does. Yeah. You it's funny he don't... ended up doing that because his original concept was a man whose hands grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just through he begins the set as he's three feet tall, and then by the end of the, the ten minutes, <laughs> he's like <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a, that's like, like like i said on the other episode big j oak tree person he grows like a tree and, like, uh, that's true groot yeah. yeah yeah or like a shrinky dink he starts the set off and he's a small sponge and then, so many different things grow in this world he's a tiny he's the baby groot and he's like you know is this anyone ever have you ever dated a, an asian man though no, <laughs> I didn't think so. 
Man, I have... you're sisters. <laughs> Are you fucking? <laughs> you guys scissor each other. <laughs> I'm afraid of scissors because I'm a little plant. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what are we um, even talking about? We're ta- well. See, all right. Look, there's. Boy, there... I got a segue. I got a segue. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, go for it. <laughs> well, you know what else is growing? The federal immigration uh, enforcement bureaucracy. That was a classic Anders segue. I wanted to talk about ICE a little bit today, and I also wanted to talk about it because there's porn in the air because of uh, Legion of Skanks leaking porn that I did um, in violation of a law called uh, Revenge Porn Law. It's interesting. So my arch nemesis is also doing porn, Ice Bay, right? Interesting. That's true. You guys started comedy together. <coughs> the morality of pornography runs the gamut from it's cool that a uh, actual fascist is doing it. It's, uh, you know, obscene that I'm doing it. Um, and I thought it was interesting because Ice Bay is so I that fucking chick that like did thirst traps while she worked for Ice now right. has an oldie fans, which makes her technically... She could be arrested by ICE on the grounds that she's human trafficking herself. This is a real mm. thing that ICE has used to arrest like sex workers and shit. So she's become like a paradox. Luckily, she knows a guy yeah. on the inside, <laughs> and she fucks them on camera. <laughs> I don't know that is true. Do not sue me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, well, it's like one of the biggest OnlyFans on the website, too. Everyone God wants thing. to fuck... The Nazi. It's crazy. You know? Well, she is, you know, she is a registered Democrat. Really? That sucks. Is that true? She was at some point. Yeah, when she first, I remember when she first uh, came out or whatever. Oh, I'm sure. It was like a whole thing that she's registered as a Democrat and wherever she is. It's one of those things that's too on the nose. She's like, I can't be a fascist. I'm a Democrat. Right. Okay. No, I bet like either Chuck Schumer or Rahm Emanuel like contacted her about running for office. Like, <laughs> we really please, need you're that. so beautiful. Please, <laughs> you gotta run. Oh my god. Oh, the way you pose next to a cage with human beings. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird how morality works for that because I, I feel like in people's heads it's like, well, you wouldn't make love to a fascist, but you might fuck one. <laughs> yeah. Or jerk off to one or something. Oh, jump, jump. Yeah. Well, it's like that Seinfeld episode, right? They're, they are more attracted to the Nazi woman. Yeah. Well, it's what, obscene. Is that the soup Nazi? No, no, no. Yeah, they're no. more attracted to this. They're all trying to fuck the soup Nazi. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's... everyone talks about the soup Nazi episode. Oh, man. Imagine if he got an OnlyFans. And it's oh. like... No sex for you. Stop imagining it. <laughs> <laughs> no sex work for you. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Sorry. I. No come for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I mean, imagining... In those videos, I'm sitting in a soup. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I come so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the episode where they all try not to jack off, but then Kramer sees the soup Nazi through a window and immediately has to leave. <laughs> and he's like, I'm out. Elaine <laughs> uh, sees JFK Jr. working for the Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> there we go. Just mix all the things. 
I don't care. I'm conflicted because um, pornography, I don't have a problem with it in principle, but <laughs> it makes me extremely uncomfortable to watch it because yeah. I was uh, raised by a Lutheran and a Catholic, very guilt-based. Right. Um, yeah. so I Some can't... of us are allies. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if you've ever thing. heard I of that. I feel obligated to watch it now that I have a friend who's in one. I'm offended uh, that you haven't seen my porn. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Frankly. I'm, I'm working well, up the Well, the Anders courage. can't get through the video without leaving his home to go help the woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> get her out of this terrible situation. Listen, buddy. The oppression and the guilt that religion thrusts upon you is how you end up making pornography like the porn I made. So maybe you just need to explore yourself a little bit more. I think. Yeah, maybe. go come on yeah. a cookie, Anders. <laughs> it's like communion. Well, the problem with with my, you know, if I came on a cookie, then the cookie would become crumbles first. Uh, if you know about my oh, form of you're... masturbation, I'm a mattress humper. Yeah. Oh, I think. Uh... I thought you meant because your bladder uh, problem. That too, yeah. That that would also <laughs> inhibit. As everyone also knows, my me. semen is full of blood. So by the time <laughs> I finish coming on a cookie, <laughs> man, making porn is very like it's one of those things where uh, you don't want to know how it's made because it's very sterile and clinical. Like you're not actually just filming like. You know, a continuous thing where everyone's like, oh, my God, it's just you're setting up, you, you know, it's like filming a sketch. You're setting up scenes and shit like that. Right. So yeah. Something really funny that happened when I filmed that was that there's this guy who's just like, you know, the other person they were hanging out with who's like um, filming and stuff and like setting shit up. And uh, when we came up with this idea where I was going to come on a cookie he got like a little bag of Milano cookies or something, and then he was like getting it ready, and then he dropped it on the floor, and he was like, "Oh, oh, oh no. shit, dude, I'm sorry." And do you want? <laughs> he was like, "Do you want me to get another cookie?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was like, "I'm about to come on this, dude. I don't care." <laughs> if anything, we should film us dropping it on the ground. Right. <laughs> Let's add an extra kink into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know where we are for our budget today, but we no. have the shot. <laughs> well, I've read that uh, I, I was reading an interview with a former porn star who is now like can't get her videos off off the internet, uh, and she said that when she started doing it, like they go into the office and it's just all women. They like at least for the female porn stars, they try to make them feel extra comfortable before kind of like ripping them off in a way. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, oh, there's different tiers of the industry, and there's less you know exploitative stuff out there. But uh, in her case, it was like let's get all these, let's like sort of insulate this place with women to make you feel comfortable, and then you're gonna get uh, screwed in more ways than one. I personally won't film a scene unless it's at a Planned Parenthood. <laughs> That's, That's just a rule I have. You need the, you need the shouts of protesters to get you. <laughs> well, when I'm inside, I feel comfortable there. Um, I right. do have a question for Jake about the revenge porn law. So sure. what what part of like what is the law? Oh, I I don't fucking know. I haven't done my homework on it. I just talked to a lawyer the other day who reached out to me. Um. I'll figure it out. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm gonna maybe take this part out because I don't want to make myself legally culpable. If it you know if it Fair hurts enough. my case that I think this is funny 
to sue them. Um, you can't sue someone if it's funny. That's one of the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will stop riffing on it now that we're taking this all out. I don't know. Maybe I'll leave it in. Uh, but I don't know. That's the, I don't know the specifics. Believe it or not, I'm not a lawyer. I'm a uh, comedian and sometimes actor and podcaster. <laughs> nice. Anyways, um, so let's talk about ICE. We all watched the documentary Immigration Nation on Netflix. Yes? I watched yeah. the Immigration Nation situation. It's part of <laughs> I never thought about the yeah. fact that it sounds like they're rapping. Immigration mm-hmm. Nation. So you gotta wonder from a producer's angle if they were like, is the rhyme too much? <laughs> <laughs> Does it match what we're about to do here? Well, no. I see. I bet the originally they were going to go with immigration, and then someone was like, "No, we got to at least split it into two words. That's that's too funny, sir." Yeah. Right? Yeah. Immigration. So you do not have a high opinion of the people who made this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. The people that made this, as it happens, are what like IDF members and shit like that. Well, th- there was one who was uh, served in the IDF, but stipulates that they did not believe in the occupation. Um, so that gave them a level of empathy with the ICE agents. Without uh, getting totally off topic, don't you have to serve in the IDF if you're an Israeli citizen? Yeah, you do. yeah. unless you're a conscionable objector for like religious reasons or whatever. But oh, okay. even then, then they just like... They'll shove you into some different right. part of the military. We put you in the Ender's Game section, where you think you're playing a game, but there are terrible repercussions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a complete tangent, I found out this week that uh, there's an Israeli tank that got programmed by player, like recorded footage of players uh, playing StarCraft Two. Hmm. Wait. I have mixed emotions about that because, like. Video game wise, very cool, but then it, real world reality wise, it's no good at all. Wait, is it on Earth? Yeah, no. This is like so the AI for like I guess a drone tank um, used like the the the, uh, the real like gameplay from StarCraft Two with professional players, like high level players, because there's so much uncertain information and like. Uh, 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 moment-to-moment decision-making that they, like, recorded millions of hours of that and then just mapped it onto this tank, and now it can, like, flank you by itself or whatever. Wait, so there's a tank out there that's, like, it's... It's like a siege tank from StarCraft, and it's, like, moving only... That's right. It opens up. It gets three times as wide. It plants it in the ground with human feet, and it shoots four times the distance. The guy that's driving it is going, like, uh, uh, God damn it, Rainer, you know? (laughs) Whatever the fuck that guy says. In the book, bye, bye, bye. (laughs) Proceeding. We require more Vespian gas. You got mixed yeah, up with the protons. This is step one to getting the rest of the Terran technology, and it's a bad downhill slope from there. Yeah. Um. Damn. All right. Well, that's fucked up. But c- cool because StarCraft. Although I'd say StarCraft Two game was kind of a flop. Yeah. No. Really? Should I finish it? Yeah. It was like a. It was um. It wasn't as big a deal as StarCraft One, which was like game of the year and had all this groundbreaking genre stuff, but it was like a much better version of that same game. So it was very big and it kinda helped create the first pro scene in a strategy game. 
um, at least in like the 2010s. You know what? Don't put me on the record for that one. But great game. <laughs> hey, if you're listening at Blizzard, keep it up. Except some of the stuff you do, like train tanks. Don't do that anymore. Love what you do. What are some better video games that we could use to map the AI onto our brave soldiers in the uh, protecting our freedoms out there? You know, like you could do my favorite game growing up, Harvest Moon. These guys just and out there yeah. trying to woo a wife. And planting yeah. things, <laughs> right? You breed, you know, and you know, do do crossbreeding as well as yeah, develop agriculture. That's productive. Yeah, NBA Street would be fun. <laughs> yeah, see a lot of sick dunks and handles. Yeah, and that way when you're you, like you're just sitting in a hut in the middle of nowhere and your family's like killed in the blink of an eye and then you just hear in the distance special delivery (laughs) (laughs) from downtown (laughs) he's got a big bill clinton head (laughs) (laughs) um i was thinking like hey you pikachu or like mario paint one of those not a video game video games just a just a blackwater guy out there in the field getting creative somewhere you know (laughs) <laughs> making music this is the only way to train like right-brained people in the arts <laughs> just put them in the military for mario paint yeah this yeah. <laughs> is making R- music roller coaster of... tycoon <laughs> that'd be pretty I'm cool sur- i'm surprised they haven't cool. done like a i said roller coaster tycoon and now i'm surprised because they did so many knockoffs it's like monopoly tycoon and like uh, yeah. Water Park Tycoon. I'm surprised they didn't do like um, nation building Tycoon. <laughs> well, it, it does seem that the way that we do nation build is as uh, well thought out as anyone playing Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> I wouldn't give it that much credit, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same goal, basically. Maybe yeah. not necessarily as many roller coasters, but there's probably one or two over there. You know? Right. Yeah. Palestine Tycoon. Let's play it. <laughs> right, Israeli Israeli settlement type <laughs> yeah. just bulldozing fucking homes or people. Okay. Yeah. Um all right. Well, let's talk about this ICE documentary. I watched it because I you know, I don't know, it was the front page of Netflix. I saw people tweeting about it and there's some really horrifying footage on it. There's a lot of people just like crying as their families are separated and things like that. Um there's you see at the beginning of the series like training that ice goes through where they're you know there's a guy advising them that they literally have to stand in front of a video screen and then like there's just like a woman and a child and then like the child pulls a gun and then like you know the ice agent that's training the other agents scolds the guy you didn't pull your gun on the child fast enough anyone can have a gun anyone is a threat (laughs) this is like the first 12 minutes of the show and the first thing you see is like Woman shooting training. Which right. is just a drill instructor who's like, always shoot the woman. Yeah. They're well, twice yeah. as strong when your back is turned. It's funny because he's like kind of trying to be woke about it. He's like, right. just because she's not like with a mohawk and a leather jacket with studs doesn't mean she can't cap you. You got to take her out. Women are just as deadly, yeah. <laughs> just as worthy targets for murder as men. <laughs> it reminded yeah, me. I can't wait till they learn about 
you know, NBs and stuff, and they wind up really expanding. <laughs> <laughs> just like, it doesn't matter if they're gender non-conforming, you have to put a bullet between the eyes. <laughs> Look Welcome out, that's a pansexual. <laughs> Welcome to Ice Trading Camp. We're here to discuss the two genders, alive and neutralized. <laughs> yeah. He's got a cup cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Extra dangerous. Um, yeah. The show is very sad. That would be the first thing I'd say about it. That scene reminded me of the Simpsons episode where Marge becomes a cop and she goes to train and she like is shooting all the cardboard cutouts and she purposely... <laughs> dodges like the baby and the blind man and the wheelchair and stuff and then at the end of it you missed the baby you missed the blind man you kind of had the same air to it and the documentary to me at first, kind of had the vibe of those documentaries where, like, the person filming doesn't realize how bad they look. Like, it was going to be one of those things where you're like, oh, my God, we're exposing, <clears throat> you know, how horrible this institution is. But then this other, like, both sides undercurrent starts to show its head because, yeah, because it's produced by, I guess, um, people that are not abolitionists of ICE. Kind of interesting. Right. But yeah, That does come up a few times. They, they say just, like... It's not bad people. It's a bad institution. Does that mean we get rid of it? I'm not saying that. It's like, you have all this footage. You're the one who took it. You went on the no-knock raid. We haven't been there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the thing is, like, it might as well be because there's just so, you know, there's just no way you can justify the existence of this agency, even if you believe in borders, you know? It's just totally unnecessary. We don't need... ICE. We don't need an immigration system this way. We could, it could be uh, completely different. So I think like it's very hard to take away any other message from this other than like we need to completely overhaul the system, including abolishing ICE or you know breaking it up or doing something like that. I mean, they don't go into like the history of Westphalian states and borders and stuff, but there are people in the movie who are against borders and they they do talk to them and they're kind of like the heroes of the movie so yeah i'm kind of thinking it's possible that the reason that these people the producers had to put out the message that like we're not pro-abolitionists is maybe just to sell it to netflix but i might be being optimistic there well i think if this had been made like 10 15 years ago it would have been even more like both sides of you. It would have been like, gee, we don't know. This is the issue. Uh, you you decide. We report you decide type of shit. And, yeah. and it would have a lot of the same stuff except the family separation. Because they right. have like a whole episode just focusing on that. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, that seems to be, it seems to be like a anti-Trump, anti-family set. Like that is the motivating thing. Behind. Like, hey, we like ICE, but this Trump guy is really... Uh, fucked it all. Fuck this good, this good right. thing we had going up. Yeah, uh, but they do see. They do it, like go back to the the history a little bit and say, look, you know, this was bad before Trump. Like right. this is they they blame Clinton for a lot of it, rightly so. Yep. Um, I think yeah, the the bipartisan thing. I I don't know if they're really trying to. I mean, they say that, but like 
it's just gotten so bad. I don't know how you can both sides of this one. Like it's, no. it's pretty clearly bad guys here. Like my, my, uh, I was texting my brother about it while I was watching it and he was like, is, didn't they try to like kind of both sides that, or like, you can tell the way the ice agents talk to the camera that they must've sold them on the, on the camera guy being there. Like now you can tell your side of the story, but like, there's no version of their side of the story that even like they are okay with. The one well, thing some to of them show, are. yeah, well, some of them are like ideologically Nazis, but then right. like they have so many interviews with guys who are like in the band. They're like, you know, these people they they call us a lot of unfair things. They call us Nazis, but um, hey, I got a house now. Or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say they try to humanize. The ICE agents, which, you know, the way they spin it is kind of there uh, showing both sides, you know. Um, you can argue they, that, but that's what those people are like. And I think that's the real uh, part of the conversation that if you were like relitigating 2016 and the Trump coalition, you had this whole uh, 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 portrayal of him as like the econ- weird right wing economic justice guy where he's like, people need good jobs and I'm going to give them them. And then Hillary Clinton being like, they don't need good jobs because they're racists or whatever. (laughs) But if you have 15% of the American population working in arms manufacturing, the military directly, or law enforcement, you're just going to get guys who are just dumb guys working as ICE. Well, yeah. A note about that. So, Alex, you know, you've been using a stock character accent to do the cops in this. the episode so far as we talk about ice but i just wanted to point out like as i was watching this i noticed it was not it's not jersey shithead guys it's not like irish cop guys what it is it's really weird it's a lot of latinos but you'll notice that the the victims are just like mexicans and hondurans and shit that just speak they have a much different accent they have a native accent all the ice Mm -hmm. agents have this weird like third generation Mexican uncle they sound like my uncles and shit and like old shitty comedians that I would do stand up with in like um San Antonio who were somehow right wing having bought into the system you know and after um you know trying I guess trying to ideologically gain some protection by moving here and becoming a fucking you know small business owner or whatever and you know it's not, I don't like to you know I, hey, listen, I voted for the guy, but, you know, it's you know, it's like it's a whole different fucking thing. It's a character that is not in, it's not in, like, the American zeitgeist the way, like, eh, what the fuck, like, that cop is. But I know this dude, and he fucking sucks. He works right. at LOL Comedy Club. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think maybe part of it is, I don't know if it's, a, like, as much of a guilt in that you're doing it to, like, the same race of people that you are, but... The stories that come out of this are insane. Like that one guy they're interviewing who's one of the most remorseless deporters who works at the office in the second episode is like, people say, do I know what I'm doing? Yes, my mother was deported last year by <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, I, have, I, have, I got people in my family that I've had to uh, put on a plane. Well, see, what a, a lot of people don't realize, and uh, I just learned this from, from Joseph Biden uh, the other day, but the Latino community is actually very diverse. I don't know if you knew this. It's not <laughs> oh, like yeah. the, the African-American community where they all literally believe the same thing. Well, uh, the, yeah. the, Biden is going hard for the Gusano vote right now, so that's like what he was trying to say. Is he's mm. I'm going for a specific kind of 
part of this community, you know? He's been beating the drums about how much he thinks Maduro is a fucking uh, dictator and all this shit. It's so clear. I mean, honestly, like, it's disgusting to me, but I don't think it's a bad strategy because that motherfucker needs to win Florida, and that's where all the Cubans are. Right. Right. I mean, so one thing that this... Uh, documentary didn't do that I think like a both sides type of thing would like from 10 15 years ago would have done which is, is take like the Fox News angle and say like look at this look at this white guy this white family they used to have jobs but then immigrants moved to the community and took the jobs like they don't they don't play that game which uh, I appreciate you know like they they just make it about the they don't and they also don't try to like get too caught up in the uh, public opinion so much and like what why why white voters feel the way they do about blah 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 they're pretty just much focused on um on the the issues at hand well yeah every ice agent they interview in this thing is just like yeah a lot of people call us nazis but you gotta do what you gotta do it's pretty much it like there's very much like a nothing can be done about this this system must exist for a reason which is really silly when it's fucking stupid when cops do that but it's really dumb when ice agents do it because ice is like it's been around since like 2003 it's like yeah it's 17 years old the like presumption that we need ice and that we have to deal with immigrants in a in like the ice specific in the way that ice specifically does when the country has mostly been around fine with immigrants uh, without ICE is like such a crazy thing for them to come back with like the epitome of a Nazi answer to be like, I'm not a Nazi. It's just I'm following orders or whatever (laughs) is like so crazy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. These people are all, I mean, for the most part there, I think, I don't know. It's hard because then you got like that uh, Salvadoran cop (coughs) that they start deporting, like the one who uh, introduced the idea of MS-13, apparently, like, according <laughs> to that NYPD, that fucking pig is like, then he started telling me about all these gangs. Uh, and like, he was giving us great info. And then, and he's just like, you know, there's no one with a, like we were saying earlier, there's no one with a bad heart. They're just, they're doing their job. They're following orders. But he also like recognizes the systemic issue with it. Yeah. Um, and you think like recognizing the systemic issue with it would also trickle down to recognizing like the individual action problem with it of like actually following through on the order. It's just so, it's wild the like cognitive dissonance that so many of them hold in order to continue doing their jobs. It must be mind-bending to actually be in the field because you have to tell yourself, like, look, I'm just doing my job. It's not a bad institution. We just abide by the same rules as vampires. If we come to your home and you don't let us in, we hiss at you until you do. (laughs) And some of them, too, were, like, sort of posturing for the camera. or You couldn't really tell. Like, there was one guy who I think it was the one who said the Nazi thing. We're like, oh, then maybe that's what the Nazis said. But, look, I don't arrest collaterals which is a word for someone who's just in a house who happens to be undocumented but hasn't committed any other crimes and they get swept up in the in the uh, deportation machine uh he says clarifies he does if he needs to meet a quota right well yeah because (laughs) because right after he says that his boss calls and says oh look you need to pick up to at least two collaterals you need at least two people on this next call or that's, you know, that's the quota. And he says to the camera after he, he gets off the phone with his boss, he's like, he knows you were with me. So that's a really fucking stupid thing to say on camera. 
So yeah, like, yeah, either yeah. he <laughs> is just totally bullshitting and doesn't give a fuck and like is just doing this all for the camera or you know has to make these these trade-offs uh maybe he does have some like heart in there but the trade-offs he makes on a day-to-day basis sort of uh nullify that well it's a perfect illustration of the like the the institutional nature of the problem there because you've got a guy who clearly recognizes on some level that the job and the institution is bad and he's saying but i i'm not a bad person i individually resist what part of this i've deemed to be immoral and then fully illustrates that you can't fucking do that because right the rules of the job force you into such so really i mean even with these fucking people it's like as much as i fucking hate these people they are just idiots where the, you know, whenever you're going to these like Black Lives Matter protests and stuff and you're yelling at cops, a lot of what's going on is people just going, you dumbass, just exit the job. The job is the problem, not you as a fucking human. And they're just like, ah, I got a blue Punisher logo, though. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Do anything else. But also the economy is destroyed and you can't now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's only funding for this, it turns out. Um, it's almost weird watching this show because it almost feels like it's not for us. Like there's, I think the three target audiences this footage is for, cause it's like on the ground footage of raids, uh, for the most part, it gets a little narrative a few episodes in, they talk about a, a town in uh, North Carolina, but I feel like this is really for people who a aren't sold on the idea that ice is bad yet. Um, B for anthropologists in the future who have no idea what the fuck happened. <laughs> so actually be a huge breakthrough for them. And then the third one is just like sadists who get off watching someone have the worst day of their life on camera. Yeah. Or the worst eight months of their life. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, and it could also, I think for people like us, maybe the, um, effect it can have is to embolden and and inspire us to like actually, you know, do do more stuff to to prevent ice from from doing this. I mean, one thing I was thinking about is just education for like mm-hmm. um, legal, you know, purposes. Uh, because one of the things they they talk a lot about in the first few episodes are the the warrants and and the knocking. So like, ice knocks on your door. Uh, and they don't have to say they're ICE. They can just say we're the police. Also, um, they dress up as the police. They dress up as the police, yeah. yeah. And so Which I think... another way it's similar to porn. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I, I'm not... This was kind of unclear, but <laughs> it seems stripper. like... <laughs> they dress up like a, <laughs> They get into your, inside of your house by going like, I heard there's a bachelor party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just an old lady and three children. <laughs> but uh they have so i think sometimes they have warrants sometimes they don't and the, the warrants can be kind of like shaky right so what they really rely on is getting consent to open the door right and i think a lot of times people don't realize that they they don't necessarily have to open the door especially if they don't have a warrant um right so, they mostly i think I don't know. They have those EROs, which are like orders of uh, removal orders or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they always have a warrant. And I don't, I mean, they don't, they're not allowed in if you don't let them in. That's like clear. 
Right. So yeah, I mean, I I do know that. I remember especially during, uh, like the first couple months of Trump's presidency or whatever, with like all those executive orders, and then, um, like the family, the detention centers, and all those the kids in cages and stuff. There was like a big push by local groups to do like a political education, know your mm-hmm. rights, don't open the door, kind of thing. And they even have yeah. like one of those. One of the guys is like, you're not allowed in here unless they let, right? Like, I remember a scene where someone was like, yeah, you guys got to leave. Like, no one let you in here. And then I was like, oh, actually, he let us in um, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. The thing that's like fucked up is that once they're in, they can do whatever they want. Like, that's right. crazy that there's yeah. such like a minimal, like a, the veneer of protection for people is just like keeping your door closed while being intimidated and threatened for hours right outside the door. Like, I don't know. I'd want to open the door just to make it stop. Right. Yeah. They, they probably stay there. They probably come back. And, and, yeah. and the way they treat it, it's, it's like they're playing chess and they do a move on you and then they're taunting you for the rest of the game because they, they get them to open the door and they're like, look, and they're like, do you, do you have a warrant? Like, we don't need a warrant. You open the door. You open the door. I asked for you to open the door and you open it. So uh, you lose. And, and I don't have just, to show you a warrant. This is the thing warrant. I have. I won't tell you what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was thinking about how hard it is to even just like turn away a door to door salesman who has no legal authority. <laughs> right. And then have like eight of them with guns outside your house. Yeah. Dude, I don't remember how they got into my apartment, like, you know, my place, but I'm pretty sure that they just kind of made it see. They implied very heavily that they were just allowed to come in and they're cops mm. and they already do whatever they want so i just remember kind of feeling like all right whatever like you're you're gonna do this anyway i didn't realize right. that if i had shut the door they would have gotten really frustrated and been like but he shut the door you know because it's like yeah. what, what rules do you fucking live by you know yeah well they also didn't have a you know arrest order for you so i <clears throat> know now i'm realizing i could have shut the fucking door <laughs> <laughs> There's a uh, stipulation now that if the uh, subject is hung over more than a certain amount, you are allowed to just come in anyway. <laughs> Damn. If Mike Gams is in the house, then you're definitely encouraged to go in. Yeah, they should have taken him away. He's a fucking goddamn <laughs> lunatic. Take Mike White, please. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I don't know. To me, I guess the value of this thing to me... Uh, what was really interesting to me was the institutional nature of it and like watching like we've been describing a, a couple times up to this point people like within the system suddenly being consumed by the system like that guy saying like I deported my own mom or whatever um this thing like sort of like I don't know like the thing or like some sort of like institutional horror movie where everyone gets sucked into a blob like it really uh, it shows itself to be more than the sum of its parts when you get to the episode with the veterans because the veterans that they end up uh, deporting are all they'll describe the situation where ice kind of pulls them over in their car or comes into their house or whatever as being this thing where suddenly the ice agent is horrified to discover that they are deporting like a marine or somebody that they served with because a lot of ice agents and cops and shit are ex-military and then that both the deporter and the deportee kind of still going like well 
the system can't be questioned, so... You better do it. Yeah, like, this must just be a good idea, and... Slap those chains on me. I don't know what I'm up to, but we're gonna find out. The, probably the yeah. best one is the guy who gets deported and is somehow trying to rationalize the whole thing without really, um becoming unpatriotic and so the episode follows this like nerdy dude who got sent back to mexico who's just like i mean he's clearly like a libertarian crank type of guy and he's got this weird high-pitched voice and he's just like thomas jefferson would never have wanted this to happen and uh you know he's like it comes to tears at a point realizing that there's like a conflict here and a crisis of these two things and they can't possibly exist but will not drop that this is not America failing. This is America being failed, you know? Mm. I thought this was, like, the most ideological part of the whole thing. Because th- this moment uh, is, like, it's very lip-brained. And, like, if you weren't moved by the last two and a half hours of us rounding up families and breaking them apart, <laughs> here's a guy who drank all the Kool-Aid about nationalism and just uh, is still getting tossed out of the country. And he's like, America! They're the only country with birds! <laughs> he's, he's still gotta go. <laughs> right. That's one of the things that sort of would bug me about, like, the DACA debate, you know? Because obviously it's a good thing. Like, I know friends who have of DACA, and it's, you know, obviously I want them to be able to stay. But, like, the, the way that they are kind of um, focused on and is like comes at the detriment of a whole lot of other people who aren't, you know, uh, weren't, weren't the kids when they came here or don't, didn't qualify for whatever reason. And they're, you know, people like me who are not particularly like they didn't serve in the military. They're not necessarily contributing that much by the standards of, you know, the U S government. Um, so they're, like sort of left by the wayside. They're not considered in this debate. And it's like, I mean, it was an interesting part of the, part of the uh, narrative, but like, you know, there should be, there should be just as much um, attention paid, I think, to people who didn't serve in the military, people who don't have, you know, right. Exactly. Yeah. It almost seems like after you watch the first three episodes, you shouldn't need to watch it happen to a soldier to be sold on it. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of like offensive in a way. Cause you're like, well, Fundamentally, I don't agree with soldiers, yeah. uh, but I, mean, I do on agree. One to one, this guy is less sad than the family. From <laughs> I mean, this guy still <laughs> got his wife. He yeah. uh, said "fuck uh, the deportation" and came back. He took a video of him coming back in over the border, like from Tijuana. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got like guys like Bernardo or whatever in Guad- uh, from Guatemala who's been separated from his son, stuck with his sh- like fucked up shitty aunt, uh, and he's. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, if that didn't drive you, why should some guy who seems to be living pretty fine uh, in Nevada actually do It's Yeah, it's wild. The selling point on it is almost in the dangerousness for the fascists. Because there's a scene where he's talking. So he, he, uh, he's been speaking with this newly elected governor about getting a pardon. And he shows up at her office the day she's elected. And is like, you got in! You have to give me uh, clemency so I can stay. I need to stay. I'm in a Marine uniform. I'd take a bullet for you right now. <laughs> she's just screaming at her secretary because she's like, she just got him. She's not taking appointments. He's like, they're going to kill me, you know? Right. Um, but watching that, I mean, she she is very sad for him. But there's a moment where, like, 
maybe this guy's all right, but you're going to get guys who just start shooting everyone if this keeps happening. Like, oh, it's yeah. almost just bad strategically for you to do it. It's not even a moral issue. Yeah, I mean, that guy is a, uh, you know, like a, like a kind of maybe PTSD'd up, like, kind of rattled, shell-shocked ex military guy who is crying in front of your congressional office there's one fucking feather falling on that guy one extra factor is that's a mass shooter you know everyone yeah. dies he lives yeah. in a compound he's like that's hey, my that constitution of dog. watch out for cameras <laughs> i'm strapped <laughs> yeah i've got a head to neck that just it's one big thing he's got a big ass neck i'll give him that <laughs> yeah he is um he is daddy no one's I mean, saying he's not daddy it does at least sort of like show the hypo- hypocrisy i guess of like nationalists who totally you know, believe in the troops but not when they're you know undocumented um, and it does it does reveal a, a, like bec- the reason that you can deport veterans is because of, of Bill Clinton's immigration bill in the mid nineties that he signed. Right. Yeah. So one of the last episodes is about that, right, Andrews? You were saying. Yeah, it goes into the it goes into the that immigration bill a little 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 more. So like, I mean, it is interesting how that stuff happened under clinton and in many ways like reagan and bush bush one were i guess now we would consider them better on immigration i think that was just because like in the 80s we needed like an influx of of cheap labor so they you know they, they didn't really that wasn't a priority uh for them like making sure people who are here illegally or not it was also before NAFTA, so I don't think it was as much of a sticking point because deindustrialization wasn't at the same place. Right. In America. Yeah. It was kind of, yeah, it was moving in that direction, but NAFTA really accelerated things. And at the same time, you had um, this immigration bill, which I'm sure um, the Democrats bragged about for being like slightly less harsh than what the Republicans would have done. You know, that was like, what they did with all their achievements in the nineties. They're like, well, yeah, we did this Republican thing and it was like 5% less bad than what, you know, president Bob Dole would have done. Nineties uh, Democrat move is showing up to the prom with the same dress as the Republicans and then insisting they go change. Yeah. yeah right, right. Like, uh, cannibalization thing where Bill Clinton is just sitting there with blood hanging from his mouth because he just ate your entire platform out from inside of your chest. And he's like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to run on now? Excuse me, I have to ruin a perfectly good saxophone. (laughs) More like last of the Mo Clintons, folks. Yes. Um, Yes, Sanders. uh, Get him. His uh, immigration bill, like, sort of set in place what we have now with the uh, the this area uh, on the border that kind of like all the most of the immigration funnels through. I mean, a lot of it is by plane, but a lot of the on foot immigration goes through this area that's like uh, desert. And it very sad episode. The last episode shows uh, people dying trying to get across the border, 
And they did this because, you know, you have this influx of immigration. Bill Clinton's like, for too long, we've tolerated illegal immigrants. Um, and they don't want to shoot them necessarily. Coming into like places like San Diego, that would be a bad PR move to shoot immigrants coming in. So what they do is they they uh, ward off, they they close off everything except for this little area of desert where people come through, and it's very difficult to make it through that area. So a lot of people die, and so instead of shooting people, they just kind of uh, let them let them die. And uh, the the idea is that it'll be a deterrent, but as was just said, this was passed while NAFTA was going into effect. So you, the Mexican economy was getting destroyed. And so you have people just who have no good options who are deciding to, to try and come to the United States. So it, it hasn't it, been a deterrent. We've been trying to, to say that for 25 years now. No, he essentially um, just threw a bunch of people into the fucking thresher by creating that and then also creating a problem that forces people to have to try to cross it right right it's the 300 move we move them into the narrow corridor where their numbers count for nothing <laughs> wave after wave smashing and get spot and shoot <laughs> yeah that's um, hillary uh, clinton yeah. speaking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying a new voice how's the sound how's this is this good <laughs> too many women are refusing stem <laughs> um, yeah. um, universal health care will never ever come to pass <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah for a, an organization that supposedly they have some of the best footage in the entire thing is uh, they have the, the uh, press secretary for ICE or whatever that job is oh, Kristen yeah. Sovgaard Christian Nielsen yeah that one um they have great footage of her. Uh, they're asking her at a press conference, are you uh, separating children from their families to send a message? And she says no, interspersed with footage from a guy actually on the ground at ICE being like, we're hoping maybe we'll send a message and then they'll stop coming. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Are you trying to uh, have a deterrent? No. Yeah. So I think this is a great deterrent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really insane. Yeah. Intercut with her being like, the fact you'd ask me that is so offensive, and I am leaving this press conference. I like All they want to do is make deterrence. It's like what the organization is there for. Also, they're, they're Stephen Miller-esque PR guy or whatever. Yeah. That, that slime ball. Creepy That's the worst person in this entire thing. Yeah, it is fun to watch him get like ratioed in real life at that <laughs> town hall or whatever, but <laughs> it is like... It is really, it's so, like, he is the most despicable type. Like, sure, putting uh, chains, uh, like, around uh, father as you, uh, you know, take him away from his son or whatever. Like, that guy sucks. But this guy going from town to town being like, we all have to collaborate to ruin lives. Uh, <laughs> They're not like and, us. They don't belong here. And then just being proud of it on like a mess, a branding front. Like I have a great opportunity. Everyone's talking about ice. It's cr- yeah. it's just ice, so ice ice. Like yeah, imagine I mean, like a rape apologist just being like everyone uh, co- like Cos- Cosby. Yeah, everyone's talking about rape. It's great for me, a rape apologist. I get to really strut my stuff right now. It's right, just, and that's like, his job. So sick. Yeah, yeah. 
And then the icing on the cake is that is not a powerful person. He's acting like he designed the system. You just like you're tenth on the totem pole. Well, that's why are you doing this? That's the thing about that. Curly is just a messenger, and he's never like, "Don't kill the messenger." He's like, "Yeah, it's me, baby." (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing about that dude. Like. That that is not a person in a position of power, but that is clearly a sociopath who was attracted to that job and wanted Mm -hmm. to be this, like, weird, scary, pale, thin man that goes around and is, like, you know... He kind of reminded me of, like... um, when, they, when people get hired for jobs because they don't have empathy and they need someone to, like, f- clean house and fire a bunch of employees or something. Like, that right. guy realized that he could make a, probably a lot of money in a professional setting by just, like, withstanding all that fucking, like, heat and, like, just mm-hmm. tears and shit. Because he's just like, yeah, I've, I passed the psychopath test. I don't empathize with anyone or whatever. And then I go and <laughs> yeah. sit in a fucking hotel room after this and drink a cold vodka with one ice cube and just, like, stare in the dark. <laughs> I, the I got a bachelor's in taking a yelling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get why they hired him. Like, they, they hired, like, the mo- like Hollywood fucking ice spokesman. Like, he's beady eyes is balding like he looks like a bad guy from a movie they should have i don't know why they didn't go with like anna navarro he looks like a bad guy for a movie but he is a bad guy in real life he's the perfect person they could have been i yeah, think that they like hired the Ari... fitting employee of any job i've ever seen in the world <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> no but you would the... think they'd want to improve their image by like hiring a well, you know, Latin person. No, but you that's what I'm saying. You saw everyone who works there? Nobody thinks that way. They're all hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, obviously, they do some of what you're describing. They do hire a lot of Latin people and a lot of people who will brand well or maybe even be able to, like, uh, to cover some of these things with a little bit of, um, I don't know, just s- color in any way. Meanwhile, this guy, is he serves the opposite function, but they clearly need him, too, because this dude is the executor, you know? He might as well have a fucking black bag over his head. His whole purpose yeah. <laughs> is to not feel anything and do all the dirty work. Like, he reminds me of one of the characters they would bring in, like, the Boondock Saints to assassinate someone or something. He's <laughs> one of the just most clearly evil-looking fucking people ever. He's the dad. Yeah. They get him out of prison <laughs> to go do the statements. <laughs> um, I think we're we're around an hour now. Yeah. Um, is there anything else on this? Um, yeah, I mean, Andrews, you watched the okay, rest Okay, out of seven Dragon Balls, <laughs> how do you rate ice? <laughs> uh, can we use the Dragon Balls to summon the dragon to... To bring back all the dead children. <laughs> you can summon the dragon, but the dragon works for ice and he will deport you. Okay, fair. And then I have to cro- I have to run across the dragon road to get back into America every time I get hmm. deported. I think you're thinking of Snake Way, and that kind of ignorance is what got us here in the first place. <laughs> yeah, and then I meet that guy with the Satan shirt and shit. Yeah, he's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. There are a lot of uh heroes in the movie though. There there are um activists at that part of the uh the border who um who who leave water and stuff and the water gets, you know, thrown out by border patrol and shit like that. 
Uh, and then there, you know, it shows a couple DSA images and, you know, people with the town hall showing up. And uh, so that is that is encouraging. Um, although, like, one of the plot lines is this new sheriff. There's a new sheriff in town in North New Carolina, sheriff in town. Who refuses to cooperate with um, an order from, uh, I think, the executive branch. Uh, and it, it ice cracks down even more. So they, they will be recalcitrant if local states and municipalities try to, um, and counties try to like, right. try to soften their immigration uh, enforcement, ICE will, will come down on you even harder. Um, so it's very difficult to get like any Which is of- the, the sticking point for why it has to be abolish ICE, not reform ICE, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a federal program? It doesn't yeah. matter what you do locally to combat them. They only answer to like the Department of Homeland Security. Right. Um, which you think would be like a bigger sticking point in, in the literal footage, but it is pretty easy to connect one to two there. Um, they're, they're just completely unchecked. Gustavo. Yeah. All right. Well, but anybody going out there making Facebook live videos, salute. Cause that looks scary as hell. Crazy. Yeah. True, true. Yeah. All right. Shout out to anyone with the balls to do that. Well, I guess that concludes our ice talk today. Is there anything else we wanted to get to before we round out the episode? Um, I have a, I have a story real quick. Okay. That (laughs) the senator in green. The senator in green. I'm calling on you. You're wearing green. This is a podcast. I regret. (laughs) Well, someone who is. Trying to be a senator is uh, the son of a former senator and vice presidential candidate, uh, Joe Lieberman. His son, Matt Lieberman, is running for Senate in Georgia, of all places. Sort of surprising. How'd he get down there? I don't know. I think he (laughs) is a lawyer. And uh, I mean, there have been a lot of um, people moving to Georgia from the north, apparently. Uh, over the past year, decade or so, uh, and he's one of them. So he is running in Georgia. They're all going to work for Adult Swim. <laughs> <laughs> he, I went on his website. He went to and, uh, uh, battle Charlie Daniels with a violin. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking on his website, and his uh, ad it, it begins with him talking to his dog, and complaining about the Senate to his dog. Uh, basically the message is that this is a single dad who's, who's fed up with Washington <laughs> wants to make some changes. I'm um, very lonely and I'm running for Senate. Please help. <laughs> I'd like to meet more people. <laughs> I, I, I talked to my dogs, please. <laughs> But it, it's sort of weird because he's running in a special election, which is happening the same on election day for the you know president and everything else. And there's another Senate election going on in Georgia. But this seat has four people running for it, two of which are Republicans who are like going at it. And then you have uh, him and a, a preacher, uh, Mr. Warnock, who, who looks like a decent candidate. Um, but Lieberman is in there and uh, apparently... It just came out that he wrote a book a couple years ago um, entitled Lucius, 
which is it's named after a, a character, an imaginary character in the book that he wrote after Charlottesville. Uh, and the character is an imaginary slave. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, the, the main character of the book is a, a man named Benno, who uh, oh, <laughs> imagines, no. imagines a slave, that he has a slave. And so it's about <laughs> this He's old white guy. Standing on top around. of the slave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking around uh, imagining with his imaginary slave, who he treats like sort of a pet, uh, and profusely uses the N-word in the book. It's, it's all over the place. <laughs> and so, I mean, if you're a slave, why not? What do you have to lose? And that, I mean, he was trying to, to provoke, I guess, with, with this right. book. Uh, but the NAACP in Georgia has asked him to drop out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they said if Look, he we love the nothing. book. We just think you should drop out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to focus on your writing full time. We don't have a lot of voices in this generation who can do what you do. <laughs> um, is there like a, is there more of a plot to it? Or is it one of those like existential kind of like slice of life novels for Beto? Uh, well, it's, it's kind of a, yeah, slice of life thing, slice of life thing. The, uh, the narrator apparently of the book is a Jewish man who's based on Lieberman uh, who volunteers at a nursing home and <laughs> meets uh, Benno, and and he finds out this. He thinks he has a slave, uh, and so Benno is just recalling his life to uh, the narrator, whose name is Tree, um, and <laughs> says that <laughs> he inherited the uh, Big J Okerson. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so basically he thinks uh, his parents gave him Lucius, who's the slave, when he was a boy. And <laughs> he's been living with them ever since. So uh, interesting literary you know, choice and even more interesting choice to, to run for Senate off of you know, just having written a book. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's what this is in regards to, right? <laughs> Joe Lieberman's son running for Senate in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So I guess um, the plug is don't vote for him, uh, <laughs> and the book is available wherever books are sold. I guess. Yeah. I have one quick story to interject to the podcast. Uh, this broke last night. The 2020 Libertarian presidential nominee Joe Jorgensen has been bitten oh, yeah. by a possibly rabid bat. <laughs> <And laughs> she had to uh, cancel something fucking speaking shit, a rally or something, because she got bit by a bat. <laughs> Wait, was... where did this happen? Um, let's see. I don't know. It was in the fuck. Southwest somewhere. God. It says the bat store. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The- I've been to a place in New Mexico. Uh, it's very beautiful. They have, it's like a giant bat cave, and all the bats like leave for the year, and they just like fly out of this cave or into the cave. I don't remember, but it's a lot Wonderful. of fun to watch. I that wish I was cool. there now. It doesn't say. I don't know where the fuck a rally was. I, the bats are everywhere. It could have been anywhere. 
<laughs> it doesn't matter. She's not going to be president. <laughs> I God will say, it. I tweeted this, but if it had been John McAfee who was bit by the bat, uh, he would not have canceled any events. <laughs> That's he true. He would have been like, I am reinvigorated. Yeah. <laughs> I, all of a sudden, I feel stronger and wiser than ever. Yeah, he just has rabies. <laughs> <laughs> I feel hungrier, hungrier, <laughs> thirstier. <laughs> he drink that fucking blood, Bloody Mary, that you asked him about. Yeah. <laughs> you run out of food. You can always eat a bat. They take a bite out of you. You take a bite out of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't wear a mask either, too. Remember, he was talking about that shit when we had him on. He was just like a fucking anti. He thought it was a scam. Uh He's He's just online talking about fucking his wife in front of everyone. It's really strange. (laughs) You can imagine the level of anti-mask, though, to to know you have rabies and still. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was—he's anti. Well, yeah, he's—he's—he was downplaying coronavirus when we talked to him, but also quarantining. So he just thinks it's stupid that everybody else is doing it. But I guess, right? Special, so he—it actually counts for him. I don't know. Just because you have a fear of water doesn't mean you have to have a fear of going to the store. That's a rabies joke. Oh, <laughs> right. for my rabies. Who knows a lot about rabies? Loving that one at home. Right in. <laughs> yeah, fear of water. Right? It gives you a fear of water. I remember. Um, ben, did you have anything you wanted to promote while you're on the show? Oh, the I just want to uh, make everyone aware of the looming housing uh, furthering of the housing crisis. Uh, yeah, no, I've been doing a lot of organizing in... Uh, work with housing orgs and tenant unions and stuff uh over the last month uh if you wherever you are listening to this from uh look into tenant orgs look into housing advocacy groups uh form a tenant union fight to cancel rent and prevent evictions new york specifically uh if you're in new york uh, there is a cool instagram account at nyc housing actions uh, that'll update you with all the different sort of stuff. Uh, about 14,000, so even before the pandemic, 14,000 people in the city were, uh, you know, facing potential eviction and housing courts have reopened and those 14,000 people are very much at risk. But because of, you know, the economy and what it is now because of the pandemic, about one and a half million New Yorkers can't even afford their rent and are facing eviction if Cuomo doesn't just cancel rent and ban those. So get involved. Uh, check it out. Stop uh, your neighbors from being out on the street because if you think everything now is bad, just wait until we are all houseless. Oof. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. But also, fuck ICE. Uh <laughs> Well, as we know, your number one defense against ICE is having a door. So if people get evicted, yeah, fuck. yeah. I mean, so they are uh, very much intertwined and don't open the door for anyone. That's, if you get evicted, keep the door. If you get a, bring try it. and bring if you get evicted, at least try and take the door with you yeah. uh, and just hold it in front of you. Because if ICE comes <laughs> and they knock, you don't have to open it. Right. 
Yeah, so they are. probably won't like it, but they're probably not going to go through the trouble to get the door back either. I mean, honestly, knowing some of these landlords, landlords have been, there's one uh, tenant out in Bushwick who has been fighting with her landlord to be able to stay. Like, the landlord's just been harassing her and harassing her. And he came with some goon the other day to drill into the door to try and forcibly lock her out. Uh, and, you know, that type of shit's just always happening. So they might come after the door, uh, too. So if you take the door, also bring a knife. <laughs> all right yeah Good advice, all fair write all this down yeah or hit them with the door honestly you got a door in your hands already you know use what's around you <laughs> yeah. yeah use your surroundings ice um, agent will be take like take a self-defense class i don't know hulk up like big j show them your fingerless gloves tell them you're not to be fucked with yeah ask them if they've uh ever had sex with an asian man <laughs> that throws them. No one ever sees it coming. If they're ice, they have to tell you if they've had sex with an Asian man. <laughs> it's the law. See, it never goes the other way around, is the thing. And the, the guy will be like, well, he's got a door, you know? And the thing is, yeah, it never does go the other way around. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, so, you know, you got to do what you got to do, you know? All right. Thank you. I'll be, I'll be here all week. Yeah. Um... um. Follow me at, on Twitter at Patak Jokes, and I'll share all of Ben's uh, housing things. Oh, and yeah. I'll put all my stuff on there. So there you go. At uh, Anders Lee here on Twitter, there is actually a, um, a, an eviction planned in, uh, in Maryland, very close to the D.C. border on uh, Monday. Uh, I don't know if I should give out details on the air but uh if you're in the area dm me and i'll send you info um people are going and, and going to try and disrupt it and uh and it's been successful in the past so uh yeah very important stuff to do so if you're in the dc area hit me up at andersley here on twitter dursley one on instagram nice um all right uh ben did you do your socials i forgot I didn't. I don't care. Uh, at Ben Wasser tweet on Twitter. I post bullshit, you know. Uh, but you could follow it. And I just at, I, I just but, tweeted a photo of Ben with the with the tiny mic, so you can see yeah. what I'm talking okay. about. All a right. pretty uh, unflattering photo. Or uh, Ben Wasser Graham on Instagram. Pretty easy to remember. Ben Wasser tweet. Ben Wasser Graham. All right. Well, you know how it works. Everyone's in the show notes and shit. Um, obviously I'm at feral jokes on, uh, here and everything. Um, I, well, I listen to why you mad. If you want to hear, uh, like an extended p- come podcast, obviously it interrupted our workflow and we had to do a podcast about come and pornography and all the things. So, uh, please check out my podcast that I do as a sideshow, um, a sideshow. That's not a good way to put it. Listen. I'm a freak. I'm so fucking freak with your cum cookies. <laughs> and, and Please come. Step right up and see the man eat a cum cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly. It's loaded with booge. If you want to see the video, sign up for the Patreon. I, it's really on there. Patreon.com slash America. You can sign up and then leave. You don't even have to give us your money. Um Please. I'm just trying to break into porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I mean, the, the economy's Gosh, falling apart, you know? <laughs> just watch me jack off. All right. Um, yeah, that's an episode. I, no. no I'm wondering you if anyone would like to, uh, you know, watch my technique just to see 
how it's done. Would you guys want to see a video of Anders fucking a mattress? I certainly would. I have received messages asking for that, so I believe there is a demand there. <laughs> yeah. I guess that does go under plugs. <laughs> Maybe right, this thing is a uh, freaking porn damn American now. I don't know hey. if I like it that much. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, well, oh. I don't know how many episodes we've done. I never, I never like numbered our episodes. I've never done that thing. But maybe when we get to like a significant number, we'll 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 jack off. We'll make the Anders. We'll fuck Anders mattress or something for episode number <laughs> six hundred or something. Um, I'm sure. finished. <laughs> it's finished. It's finished on I, me. I get it. I'm finished. Yeah, I have finished. <laughs> Come. All right. And now a PSA from our friends at the Borgen Project. Where is it? Where'd it go? Oh shit! I lost it. There it is. Each year. Nope. Start over. This is Tom Scared for the Borgen Project. Each year. Nearly two million children die from preventable diseases. Each day, 30,000 people die from hunger. 500 each hour are children. The Borgen Project is turning this around. We need your help. To learn more, go to borgenproject.org. That's B-O-R-G-E-N project.org. 